0: Oh, here's Weekend. Here he
1: is. Okay, getting ready. Kind of getting ready for his performance, his halftime performance. Kind of a socially distanced performance. It'll be interesting. Uh, we do have Jeff Chedia joining us, uh, NFL Network. Uh, he has, uh, most of the season, has been embedded with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jeff, welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. I mean, I, you know, when you moved to Kansas City... I mean, you, you knew there was an NFL franchise there. You didn't. You didn't really think it would become the epicenter of of league coverage, but uh, you sort of ended up in the right place. I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like when you get pulled into a black hole. You, you go there thinking, uh, I thought it was a safe haven. I thought the very <laughs> very least I'd be able to fly to places like New England or Denver or Pittsburgh to do stories, and every now and then I'd be doing one in Kansas City. But then. Andy Reid showed up and Patrick Mahomes showed up and everything changed. But, uh, yeah, it's been an interesting year. I, I actually have not uh, covered a beat uh, since 1998, but given pandemic issues, and uh, restrictions, uh, I became, as you said, embedded with this team. And it's been a very interesting ride to, to go
1: on. You know, you've covered, going back to your Raiders days, your time in the Bay Area, you've covered a lot of a, a great personalities and all sorts of things over the years uh, and, and written some great stories for Sports Illustrated. Would you, I mean, has, can you compare the Mahomes, and we talked about this last year we were actually both in uh, at the Super Bowl in, uh, in, in Miami, can, is there anything that, that this rise of Mahomes, what what's your what's your best comparison? I mean, there, he obviously has ability uh that you can kind of compare to some guys from the past, but it is kind of it's pretty rare. Uh but to watch a guy basically take over the league like this. What what does it remind you of?
0: Oh, you'd have to go back to I think before I think the only things that come close in my mind I can think of three things. I can think of Randy Moss when he showed up in Minnesota his first year there and just how how dominant he was, physically dominant, and just his performance-wise. I think of Kurt Warner when he came out of nowhere and just took the league by storm. in His first year as a starter, that was an amazing story. And then I go back to when you and I were kids and Dan Marino showed up on the scene and went off for his second year as a starter and you know set all those records with uh, the two Marsh brothers. But that's about it. <laughs> you know, and nothing else comes close. And uh, I, I heard somebody talk about him the other day, uh, Andrew Hawkins on our network, and he made a great point. He said, Patrick Mahomes is a perfect example of someone playing the right position at the right time um, in, in the history of football. Like, no one is more suited to do what he does at a time when teams are throwing the football like never before and defenses are as hamstrung as, as they've been in the last few years.
1: Yeah, and, and he seems, Jeff, I, I don't – he seems kind of unaffected by – you know, he comes from a small town, then he goes to Lubbock, which is not the biggest place on earth, and then he's in a, he's in a smaller market. What, what, what have you seen from him in terms of his ability to kind of um, make his way around town, and, and does, it, does it seem like he's done a pretty remarkable job of staying grounded – I mean, other than maybe constantly doing uh, commercials?
0: Well, I think he would probably tell you this, too, that every year has been probably more of a challenge for him. Uh, he's a grounded guy, but his first year when he wasn't playing, he was all over the place. He had baseball games, KU basketball <laughs> games, Kansas basketball games, and, uh, NASCAR events. Uh, it was everywhere. And then the first year it was, okay, he's out a little bit more. You see him at some of the bars now you don't see him anywhere. He's got security out in front of his house. Uh, I understand someone came by and stole his trash a few, few months back. And, you know, that kind of stuff is happening. I think he's looking to build a home in a, a gated community now. So, you know, it's tough to be in a town this size when, when you're that big of a superstar. But, uh, you know, he loves Kansas City. He loves, as you mentioned, the small town life so it fits him. But he's also a big star in a very small pond. And that sometimes can be a big challenge.
1: Yeah, talking to Jeff Chadia from the NFL Network. He'll be on the NFL Network's uh, set here in about an hour, and you can watch his coverage. Uh, Jeff, give me the breakdown of you got into town the other day. um, We have experienced a lot of Super Bowls, and we've hung out at these things together a lot of times. uh, Does it feel a lot different? Are there... Um, are there a lot of people milling around? Are the KC, are the Chiefs fans starting to arrive in town? What is the, uh, what's what's the vibe? Does it feel completely different because of the pandemic or not as different as you felt like it would?
0: Oh, it feels extremely different. There is certainly a much different vibe to this. Um, the amount of people who are here, for one thing, it, it's being in Tampa makes it different, you know, just because you don't have people just, their fan base is showing up in droves to see this game. They're here, but they're not out in, in packs. I haven't seen that many choose fans. Uh, I, I was just over at the NFL Experience uh, earlier this morning, and there were some fans over there, but it's not the kind of, you know, the mass chaos you see by a Friday. You know how it goes. Usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is pretty quiet, and then Thursday things begin to pick up, and Friday it becomes more, more crazier, uh, and you just don't see that this year. And, you know, it's, of course the restrictions for us in the media are about the same. You've got maybe ten people on Radio Row where you have three fifty in years past and I think there's about hundred and twenty five credentialed national media people here when you probably had four or five times that amount.
1: Yeah, it's uh I, I saw a picture, uh, Jeff, and you've you've been with me before on Radio Row and it, it looks like <laughs> it's a pretty sad little gathering of folks over at uh, yeah. over at Radio Row. And uh, it sounds like to me, Jeff, you've ended up in nicer digs than that one time. I think it was like a bombed-out yeah. uh, Embassy Suites. <laughs> Nothing against Embassy Suites, but uh, this thing had really been through the ringer. I can't remember. Uh, that might have been when we were in the Phoenix area for a Super Bowl. We were, Bowl. yeah. Oh, was that the Phoenix
0: area? Or I think it was the Phoenix ghetto. We were somewhere deep into uh... – <laughs> I think we were having to be strapped. We went out at night to, to get coffee. It was that dangerous of a spot, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, and if I recall correctly, that's the place where they had some issues with the water. Uh, people couldn't take showers, and I was at one point offered. They said, now what some of our guests have been doing, M- Mr. Mosley, we can offer you here's a bar of soap, and you can go <laughs> bathe in the swimming pool and i you know there i was at espn.com there, you know we think we're at the top of the mountain and and that's what we were that's what we were dealing with and then as only i could do uh, jeff in typical mosley fashion i of course turned my faucet on uh never turned it off of course no no money no water was coming out when they when the water came back on i think i flooded three floors uh, they may have had to shut down that area of the uh <laughs> of the hotel. <laughs>
0: and that was an improvement, right? I think that was considered uh everybody was happy to look when you're in a hotel and there's bars on the windows, it's probably not the best setup you have. I think I remember that. I remember cages being feeling like I was in a cage when I went back to my room and didn't want to come out. Even the bays in the pool.
1: When you open your door and it's just wide open, yeah, you're you're uh, you're you're a little worried about things. It is Jeff Chedia from the NFL Network joining the uh, Matt Mosley show with uh, Stephen Simcox. Okay, as we get a little closer to this, Jeff, uh, I I thought I saw some, I don't know if you saw that some some big Texas bets, some Texas sites bets coming in on Tampa Mattress Mac from Houston area. The furniture salesman put about three point five million down on Tampa with and I think he got three and a half. Uh I think he's getting three and a half on that. If you could get me to four, I might think about it. Probably I probably wouldn't do three and a half million, but I would I would I would think about it. Jeff, are you um are you getting the sense that uh uh how much stock do you put in the first meeting they had and how different as you've kind of studied this thing this week and talked to folks how different do you feel like this Tampa defense might be?
0: Well, it's a, you know, Tampa's a different team than the, the one that the Chiefs faced back in Week 12. Uh, I think that they're, they're playing better on offense. They have a better understanding of how to pick guys into certain roles on offense now. They're using Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones better. Their defense is playing at a higher level. They're turning people over. Their secondary is playing better. So I, I feel like they're a much better football team. And what's scary about them is that the Chiefs have been pretty steady for the last 26 games. They've only lost one time in that period. I feel like the, the Buccaneers are finding themselves every weekend they play. And so that's, you don't know what their ceiling is. So it's really hard to know what you're going to get, but they will be a better opponent this time around. And in that defense uh, it, it was already playing better. But when you take away uh, the Chiefs' left tackle, Eric Fisher, you take away their right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz, who hadn't played since. Week five, and that those are big losses for an offensive line that it was already beat up. If they're going to go into this game with four guys playing on their offensive lines who weren't supposed to be starting in the position they're going to be starting in when the season began. When you're dealing with a team that had 48 sacks over the course of the year and has Shaq mm-hmm. Bear and Jason Pierre Paul with a good blitz package, that's a big challenge.
1: Yeah, it's good. I like that. That whole O line thing, we got to pay attention to that. Jeff, have you uh, ever were you aware of the barber that almost took down the Kansas City Chiefs? Uh, is that a barber you're familiar with or one that you've ever used <laughs> yourself?
0: <laughs> That's a barber who cuts my son's hair. So I, I'm very familiar with him, and he's a very popular barber. He's probably the most popular barber in Kansas City because he's been cutting Patrick Mahomes' hair since he came into town. Mahomes flew to Miami last year to cut his hair before the Super Bowl. He was cutting the, the Royals' hair. Uh, Eric Hosmer, his famous haircut before Mahomes had a similar style. He did his hair. I think uh, Pujols, Albert Pujols, goes to him. So this is a guy who's pretty, pretty well known. And I'm sure it's a very difficult time for him because the way I understood it, he had 20 guys lined up before those two backups got in there to get cut. So <laughs> it could have been a he could have been a what's the, uh, the, uh, the the barber on the the Broadway show. I can't remember the name.
1: something. Oh, like, Sweeney, <laughs> Sweeney, Sweeney Todd? Sweeney
0: <laughs> Todd, yeah. Sweeney Todd
1: made shut up again at Two's Kingdom. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they were saved at the last minute. I like this angle. Rick Burkholder, I remember him from Philly. Rick stepped in and yeah. by testing him or something, he saved him at the last minute. I love that picture of the lineman. I guess that's fake, isn't it? He doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> What what is that guy's name? The center?
0: Yeah, Daniel Kilgore. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Kilgore, famous, more famous than he's ever been in his life.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, I well I, uh, that's fascinating. That that's where your son yeah. gets his haircut. Yeah, yeah. You need to send me a picture. I don't haven't seen a picture of your son in a while. I want to see that haircut. I want cuz that'll give me evidence of how good this barber is. So, text me when yeah, we're yeah. finished here the latest picture uh, after your son's had a fresh cut and I that'll give me a, a okay. sense of how how good a job this guy does. Um I'm surprised okay. he, I'm surprised he didn't use him in that State Farm commercial. I I, I wonder if that was him. You know when uh yeah, when get, uh,
0: Oh, yeah. the barber. No, it's not him. I agree. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, but the last time my kid went to get a haircut, Frank Clark was sitting in the chair right across from him. So they, they're pretty prominent in that in that shop. It's about eight nine barbers they got in the whole place. Not the only he's, guy, but it's pretty pretty prominent he's, operation.
1: He's really he really does a good job on edge rushers' hair. He that's the a judge. position he specializes in. <laughs> oh man well listen um I, i you know i miss hanging out with you uh we did not quite make it out there like a lot of radio stations um and uh i you know have fun and I, at least you don't have to worry about Jeff. I mean, think about what's one of the things we used to think about: how do we get tickets to this? How do we get into the? You were always a lot yeah. better at than I was. Oh, the ESPN party! It's like, Mr. Chadia, come on up here. I saw a, a, yeah. a great tweet the other day from our good friend Sam Farmer, where he said. To, they waved him up one time at the SI party and said, Mr. Farmer, you should not have to wait in line. I and he and he said he strutted up there to the front and they said, Okay, stand over here, Mr. Farmer, and you can interview all the people who come through. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> what are you not mad? Yeah. Sam thought he, of course, he had a sport coat on like he always does, always overdressed in case, you know, in case he may run into somebody. (laughs) All right. uh, He is. He is. He's he's really like a college professor who somehow backed into being a sports writer. Uh, Um, All right. Well, listen, uh, tell everybody hello, uh, the few people that are there. um, And, uh, boy, pray for John Clayton, our old colleague. I don't know if you saw that. John. John put it out there that um, he he could direct TV was not getting him the Super Bowl. And, he, and his tweet oh. said something along the lines of damn it, I'm a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no. Yes. Pull that card out, huh? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. All right, okay. Jeff, have a have a good right. one and we'll be watching you on TV. All right man, thanks a lot.